Welcome to Time to Write. I'm Emily Robertson. And I'm Amy Kelly. We are professional writers and critique partners. We've worked in traditional and independent publishing, podcasting, and social media marketing. Including my novel, Lifestyles of Gods and Monsters, published by Big Five Publisher. My long-running podcast, In the Middle of It. And Accomplished Authors, my business helping authors create an inspiring online presence. We are here to share our creative journeys and encourage you on yours. From the writing process to promoting your work and all of the messy in between, we're here to remind you that your story matters and it's worth sharing with the world. Okay, it's It's time time to to write. write. So hey there, Em, welcome back to Time to Write. We're so excited that you're with us today. So as always, we're going to start off with our high lows. So Em, do you want to go first on that? Sure. Okay, so my high was I was working on a manuscript and I got it turned into the editor, which was very exciting. And my low, but also high, was I had to spend a very long amount of time laying in a scanner being completely still, which is quite challenging for me because I had thyroid cancer a couple of years ago and they were just doing a scan to make sure that I don't have it. It hasn't recurred. It is not. It is clear. It is fine. But they were pretty clear that I needed to hold very still or else it would mess it up. And I found that really challenging. I was going to say, did they give you any kind of like sedation? <laughs> I think that no, was they just sedation. Like, like how do you just do that? Velcroed me. Like I was like literally oh. like my arms were, they had a big thing and my arms were like Velcroed to my size. And I was just uh. like, look at this thing as it like scan, you know. It and was, there was like, like a really close to your face. Oh, like, as close to your face as like. I don't think I could. They would have had to knock me out. I could kind of see out of the corner of my eye this timer. And I kept being like, it has to be done now, right? And then I would try to close my eyes because I didn't need to have them open. But like, of course, then you're like, your toe is itching and you can't. It was, I mean, the whole thing probably was like 20 minutes, but it felt like. That's what I was going to ask. I was going to ask how long that Like 20 minutes. I don't even like being in an elevator with a lot of people. I don't know. I really don't know how I would do that. So. Kudos and yay that yay, it was clear. Yes. Very exciting. Woohoo. Very, very exciting. So, so what about you, Amy? What are your high lows? So, my high is that I'm really trying to be more disciplined about my writing schedule. And so, I created a little kind of spreadsheet thing where I kind of listed out what my word goal for each day was, which I know we talked about one of our previous episodes. I don't only count words that I write that are directly story. Like if I'm doing any kind of research or brainstorming, I count those words as well. So anything that comes out of my brain and lands on the page, I, I count. So just looking at that and having a place where I can look at, okay, if it's February 6th, then this is how many words I want to have hit or whatever. So I did that. And that gives me some focus as well. I, like you, am struggle with ADHD. And so having any kind of structure is very helpful. So that was my high. And then I had a low and a high where I am just such a huge Spotify fan. And I was going back and listening to some music that I listened to when my kids were little. And I was doing it specifically as kind of a writing exercise because part of the story that I'm writing has a mother-daughter component to it. And so just trying to get into character. And so that was super 
sad and nostalgic on one hand, but then really great on the other. It just reminded me of when my babies were little, which I really enjoyed that time. In fact, we just got through having an offline conversation about how much I loved that season. And now both of my kiddos are away in college. I'm an empty nester. And so it was that kind of bittersweet, like, oh, so sad. They're not babies anymore. And oh my gosh, how much am I loving being at home by myself (laughs) and, and getting my work done. And anyway, it was a high. I feel like for me lately, like one of the things I'm most trying to nail in writing is seeing like how close can I get to capturing on the page that bittersweet, like the way that the biggest emotions are like happy, sad, like right, just anything from like grief or any of the big emotions. It feels like a lot of times they have like that sort of happy, sad feeling. So I've been trying to right, really and nail I, that. I think that's what makes really good writing is when you can capture that because nothing is ever, I feel like, mutually exclusive, especially with emotions. It's always both and. Right. You're both grieving and joyful. You're both nostalgic and happy to be where you are, you know, all the things. So it's just all the things. Right. So, right. Of course. Yeah. Okay. So... Speaking of all the things, I think that one of the things that is super important to you and I, and really the only reason that we're sitting here together is because of our critique group, which is where I first met you. So what we decided to talk about today was really what it looks like to find critique partners and to be part of a group where you are just laying your writing out there. And the response to that, I think, is Kind of based on on what we've prepped for this, I would say, um, depending on what your goals are, it can look really different. It's really interesting because some groups can be really structured. Other groups are much more loose and easygoing. And I'm curious, have you been in both of those types of groups or have you always just sought out really structured ones or talked to me? I have been in both types of groups in the sense like I have been in groups where and I would say even our group has changed over the time that we have been in it. Agreed. I have been groups where you're like absolutely supposed to bring pages every week. And if you don't, it's almost like an accountability group. Sometimes with our group now, we're to the point where we might just talk about story or we might do something else. And there are some groups that are basically accountability groups. But I think for me, once I joined a honest to goodness critique group, and I started before we started in our group, I started going to the DFW Writers Workshop. This is when I was living in Dallas. And the experience of actually being critiqued really transformed my writing. So I highly recommend it for people. So I haven't actually, I've been to their conferences. I haven't been to any of their actual, I think they meet weekly. Is that right? Weekly. And talk to me about what that looks like. Is it just you get up and read and people give their feedback or what? It's been a minute since I have been there, but that is, yeah, that's my memory is you. And there are these all over the country. I think the DFW Writers Workshop may be one of the longest lasting. Basically, you can come and watch once. But after that, you have to come and read. Sometimes there would be 50 people in the room, but you get broken off into smaller groups that are like, you know, eight to 10. So you're not reading a lot. And then you're sort of going around and people are critiquing. There's similar rules to what we have in our critique group, which is mainly Mm -hmm. that you can't talk. uh, You can't explain what you were meaning to do. You just kind of have to sit there and listen. 
but you don't always have the same people there. There's a lot of regulars, but it's slightly different in the sense like you would have different people seeing your work. Which I can see would be a plus and a minus Mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah, 100%. I really feel like you have to know where you are emotionally and what you need as far as a critique group is concerned. Because I would say kind of as a newbie writer, you would probably want to go someplace that's going to be super nurturing and encouraging versus really kind of stripping down to the bones of your story and being very, I don't know the right word to use, but like direct or without any kind of encouraging remarks along with with the critique, which is a contrast, I feel like, to where our group is. Not that we're not supportive, but I feel like we can just dive in and be like, okay, well, what about this? And ask the hard questions and strip it down, really. Well, I do think, though, that one question for people to ask themselves is, if you find yourself in a group where you're not ever hearing anything positive about your work, yes, where where there's no, it's just criticism without praise, that is not a healthy environment. Like that's not a healthy environment in the sense like everybody has something that is like, even if it's just the idea, even it's just, that's a cool idea. And so I think no matter where you are in your journey, like if you're in a place where it just feels like you're getting beaten up, that's probably not the world's most nurturing environment. But I do agree that like, for me, when I was first starting out, I love rigor. Like I... (laughs) I, played the I remember this. As a kid. Like <laughs> I love, like I don't, I want the gloves off. Like I want to, if it doesn't work, I want to know that it doesn't work. The first critique group I was ever in was actually through a class. I found that really interesting, but like Amy will laugh at me because in our critique group, I almost have a harder time sitting there and hearing what people liked and just sitting with the praise than like jumping in and let's see what if we can fix it. So I think that's also really understanding yourself because the big thing is, and this is a thing about me, is I had been a newspaper reporter before I wrote fiction. So I really did not have any concern about my writing. It was much more I was concerned about like my storytelling and my structure, some of the things that have been ongoing things for me that continue to come up. And so I was fine with some place where they were just like, hammering on your prose. I was right. Right. And I think we've talked about this in group before too, because I would say even you were mistrustful of any praise or positive commentary for your... Without critique, I really am. I still am. Isn't there anything wrong with it? Right. Which is interesting because I feel like for me, because I do not have... Well, I, I, I was about to say I don't have a professional writing background, and that's not 100% true because I would write curriculum for the very large school district where I taught school in Northern Virginia, and that was obviously nonfiction writing. However, I think I wanted initially positive. I needed nurturing, right? I needed nurturing. And I think I found it outside of a critique group. I found it with, you know, so I wrote a manuscript. I probably did one very light pass through, printed it out and gave it to a ton of people that I know to read, which is not the best way to get critique, I would say, but it's a good way to get, you know, like, oh, wow, you know, great yeah. job or whatever. You so wrote a book. you wrote a book uh, and it's so good and we loved it and blah, blah, blah. And it's not ever going to be like an honest critique. But I took it to a DFWCon conference 
And I went to that conference with the specific goal of finding a critique group because I knew I was ready to step into the arena of, okay, I want peers to take a look at it and give feedback. And I think knowing myself and my personality, because I am very in tune with and very affected by energy, I would say I knew I needed a more supportive minded group. Supportive, but who would give honest feedback. But I knew that I needed that. And I knew where my head was on it. And so I think in the same way you knew what you needed too, that's how you have to go into it. But I would say, like as a side note of that, is it also know what you write. Because when we lived in North Carolina, there was a critique group I saw that you had to like apply to get into, which just for some reason flew all over me. I don't know why Mm -hmm. it flew all over me, but it did. And that group, I was absolutely like, did not want to be in because it was very clear they were writing sort of serious literary fiction. Uh. And that's not what I write. And so I would say also understand where you are emotionally, but also understand, and this is hard to know when you first start writing, but what part of the bookstore do you want your book to be shelved in? And you don't need people that all write the same genre. We don't. Right. But you need, you really need people that don't dislike your genre. Right. Which means you really have to understand what that genre is and what kind of the rules are about it. Because I feel like If you're walking into a group where it's not genre-based, then some people might not understand, okay, what makes young adult lit young adult? What makes romance romance? What are the structures and the tropes Mm -hmm. and, you know, kind of the the rules that are written or unwritten along the way? So, And I think the other thing that's really, 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 really key about understanding where you are emotionally is that if you were in the space and you were like, wow, this is just really bad for me. That doesn't mean being critiqued is really bad for you. It just means this is not your group. Right. Not your group. So you can roll on. Because I think that there are people, we I have definitely met people over the course of my writing journey that let either a teacher or critique partners really throw them off where they really didn't write for a long time because of some piece of critique. The way you get better is writing. Like I was saying, you know, I was pretty good at writing a sentence by the time I started doing this, but like, it's a learned skill, as we've said before. It's like making shoes, like you can learn to do it, but the only way to learn to do it is doing it. it. Yeah, you've got to do it. You've got to practice. So if you're in a set, if anybody ever says the words to you, you're not a writer, it just tells you they don't know what they're talking about and you don't have to actually listen to them. Because they don't get to decide. No, they don't get to decide. And that's not your person. That's not your person. (laughs) That's not your person. Have you had anybody say that to you? I have not had anybody say that to me, but I have met people over the years who have had, including teachers. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. When a teacher says it, it's so, you talked about something flying all over you that just flies all over me. That could be just like a whole nother podcast series. A whole nother podcast. Don't even. So really, it's about your mindset, understanding where you are emotionally. It's about deciding what you want from your group and then understanding that you might have to try out a couple of groups, I think, before you find one that really fits you. And it's okay. Like for me, it's that fine line of figuring out, okay, am I uncomfortable because this is so vulnerable and it's difficult for me to be vulnerable? Or am I uncomfortable because these are just not my people? 
Right. And really learning to trust your gut on that and walking in that and knowing it's okay to leave a group if it doesn't fit. Right. It's absolutely okay to do that. I will say, we'll talk about this in a future episode, but the one thing is it never feels great. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like it yeah. never feels great. No. Like it never feels like, woohoo. Like, yeah, I love hearing what's wrong. Woo. Yeah, yeah exactly. I think every writer secretly dreams that someone will be like, it's perfect. You don't mm-hmm. need to do anything else. Mm-hmm. It's not true. And it kind of reminds me a while, a long while ago, I I ran a lot and ended up doing a half marathon. And what I discovered in that whole training process was, I think when I started, I thought like once I've run enough, the first mile or 15 minutes aren't going to suck and hurt. But I, what I realized was it's always going to suck and hurt the first 15 minutes, that first mile, maybe even the first two miles, which I feel like is the same. And I, I've heard this over and over from every book on the craft that I've heard, every podcast that I've listened to, first drafts just suck. It's just, you've got to get it all on the page to have something to work with. So you just, and not that you're not doing your best, but it's just, nobody's going to look at it and go, Oh, wow. It's ready to publish. It's ready to go. (laughs) Which when you first start, I I would say also, just as a side note, one of the biggest changes I'm trying to make for myself as far as mindset is remembering that like, I don't only have one book in me. Yeah. I'm going to have a body of work. When you go to your first critique group, which we'll talk about, you know, how do you pick what critique group to go to and what format? And do you start one? And, you know, all those things, you know, the first time you go, and you read something and someone's like, I don't understand, blah, blah, blah. Or there are too many adverbs in that or whatever the thing is that the person, because that is one thing about, we'll talk about different formats of groups is some groups will end up talking about your grammar, which is actually not that helpful since grammar, you can check it in many, many platforms. Like, mm-hmm. You can't mm-hmm. check story with Grammarly, but you can yeah. absolutely check grammar. And so sometimes it ends up where you feel like, wow, I just sat here. But even the act of like reading your work, watching people react to it, hearing like, do they laugh or do you think they're going to laugh? You know, those things still has a lot of power if you can get over being like completely in a tizzy (laughs) because you're doing it. So I guess the thing is like people will ask, where do you find a group? Where do you find one? And so there are really a lot of different possibilities. So like we talked about earlier, I know for me, I really wanted an in-person group. Although I will say when we first, when I first joined the group, which already existed, I think I came in after y'all had already been meeting for a good a year. year or two, maybe. A year, I think. Yeah. So, and that was- But I was already ago. gone. So it was like- So you were calling in, right? Yeah. So yeah, you were calling so in. they were in person and I was- we didn't even worry about video chatting. Like I was just the phone on the table, which right. totally worked because I had, but I hadn't met you before. It still worked. It was fine. No, no. I think we didn't meet in person until you were in the area for something and we mm-hmm. all went to breakfast or something. Anyway. So yeah, I think you can go through area writers groups. I know there are several resources online. There's somebody who I think I'm wanting to say it's maybe helping authors become writers, which is right. a a podcast and a, a blog kind of website, it may have a place where it, it kind of pairs people. I'm not sure. But anyway, there are places online where you can look. And what I, I was going to say a minute ago, as far as structure was concerned, is what I love about ours is you do read it out loud, which I find there's such value to that because as you're reading it aloud, 
stuff jumps out at you that doesn't otherwise. You didn't notice. You didn't notice. Or sometimes, like you were saying, like people will laugh in a place where you're like, oh, I didn't mean for that to be funny, but I sure glad, glad it is. (laughs) Glad it worked. Glad it worked. So yeah. So back to where you find them. I know you've lived in several different areas and how have you found groups? Well, when I lived in North Carolina, I really struggled. Like I tried a bunch of different ways. And then I stumbled on the North Carolina Writers Network, which is really a great resource for people that live in that part of the country. They had an in-person event. And then once I was there, I sort of found they had a list of people that were interested in being in critique groups. But then we moved to Dallas. And so I found the DFW Writers Workshop, which has been meeting in person in the Hearst, Euless, Bedford, HEB area for like 35 or 40 years. And they have a whole system and they meet in person and you don't have to apply or submit work. For some reason, I find the whole idea that you would have to apply to join a group really triggering. Like, I just don't like it. Even though I can see like if you had a small group People want to work with writers that are at a similar level to where they are. That can feel really scary when you're coming in as a beginner. Like, why wouldn't they want me? And that's the great thing about something like the DFW Writers Workshop is really writers at all levels are welcome in that one. And then there also are like online groups. Yeah. But I think bottom line is find a group because that is the way your writing is going to grow and improve. And it's not even, I would say my experience within our group, it's not even just my own writing. It's listening to how um, your writing and our other critique group partner, Kelly, how her writing has improved and changed and is constantly emerging and evolving. So that in it alone has been It's really amazing. I feel like my progression as a writer really went a lot faster once I joined the group. And some of that was we meet weekly. Mm -hmm. You got to have pages weekly. You got to have something, something to bring to group. And there are times like, I mean, we've been at this a long time. Like we said, there are times when it's like a fallow period and you're like, I don't really have anything, but still just like that sense that like you're still running your story brain because you're helping someone else with theirs. And I would say, too, like, different people are really different. Like, I really love our group, which is very small. Other people are in groups that are, like, 10 or 15 people, and maybe you would only end up reading, like, once a month. I really like that it's once a week and that we bring pages once a week. Right. And I would say we've found other people. Like, we found each other. We're all really committed to meeting at the same time every week. I feel like we have been so faithful about meeting on Thursday mornings every week. It's very rare unless we've decided for like to take a summer break. But unless it can't be avoided, we normally don't schedule other appointments or lunch. Yeah, it's it's just a standing standing appointment. appointment. Right. Which I find has been very important. And I've appreciated because a lot of my work for the past few years has been nonfiction with the writing that I'm doing for my work online. And so that's been really fun too, to have the feedback on that. And I appreciate that it's not genre limited, I guess is the best way to put it. And then the other thing I would say is to be like totally open to leaving your group if it's not a good fit. I was in a group here that was an in-person group before the pandemic. I found that for me, I couldn't be in two writing groups. It was too much. The reading load was too much for reading. Mm -hmm. I felt like I wasn't reading other people's work with enough intensity. 
And that was a group where you were reading, where we were emailing and you were reading before. So we weren't reading aloud at all. So you would read before you went. And I just felt like I was not bringing it as much time and energy as it deserved, especially when people were doing that for mine. And so for me, I found that I could not sustain two writer scripts, but you can really leave for any reason. For sure. But I think that doesn't mean that writer's groups are not for you. It, it's just that, that one you were in is not for you and yeah. finding a different format. Right. And I think that, again, for me is bottom line, just encouraging you to try to find those people that are yours, where you click and where your styles kind of support and work well with each other, like for whatever you're looking for. Just keep trying. Right. And also, I feel like just as another side note, this group started as an in-person group. And then it went to being an in-person group where I was on the telephone, you know, and you guys were in person. And then it shifted to now we meet on Zoom and Mm -hmm. they are in Dallas and I am in Arkansas and they're still meeting on Zoom just because, I mean, we've all gotten better at it and it's easy. And I feel like for me, this this is definitely a case. I don't know if it's just because there's three of us or because we've been doing it for so long where the complications of being on the virtual are basically like... Like I'm like, oh, I'm at my meeting with Amy. Like, right. Well, I feel like that's a start. And then next week we will talk about what to do when you actually are being critiqued. And when you're critiquing others too. When you're critiquing others, yes. Like what's it like to receive it and to give it? Because it is an art for sure. For sure. Okay. And what story is saving your life now or is one that you remember having saved your life in the past? So I just started the 10,000 Doors of January Okay, Alex Harrow, and I'm, I'm loving it. Like, it's opening opening my brain. Like, I feel like I'm, like, thinking. Love so that. I guess that's it's too early in to know whether or not it's going to, like, change my life, but it for sure is, like, got me thinking. Mm-hmm. Okay. What about you? So I'll go with a book that I'm reading right now, and I specifically read it because in my own story, I'm kind of trying to figure out some magical things. And so, Em, I think you actually recommended it. The Ninth House by Lee Bardugo. I just finished that. I just finished it yesterday, too. And it was really good. (laughs) Like, yeah, life's good. Yeah, just reading her descriptions and kind of understanding her framework of magic and the story and all that. It's been awesome. Super fun. She is such a master. But That's another really good representation of what we were talking about earlier. This is part of her body of work. And I would say, she would say, I would imagine with every book, she's learned something new and developed her skills and stuff. Well, and I think what was so interesting about this book is how much she, and this is one of the things that like you just learn over time is how well she's overlapping the cool parts and the emotional parts. Yeah. And how they're actually feeding each other. Yeah. How the physical is feeding. Right. The how like the the magic is being generated by the characters. And it's just it's just really well done, I thought. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So until next time, we hope that you guys find time, time to, write. to write. Time to write. Time to write. Thanks so much for being with us today. We love our people and we want to get to know you better. So email us at questions at time to write podcast.com to have your questions considered for the show. 
You can also suggest topics by emailing us there. Also, drop us a review on Apple Podcasts. Not only will it thrill us. Seriously, we read everyone. It also helps others find the show. We're driven by sharing stories and your review helps us do that. Just remember, your stories matter and we're rooting for you to find time to write. Even if it's only five minutes. Five minutes, you can do it. You can do it.